behind many of these protests that ultimately turned violent. Well, this is a truly astounding podcast series. Trevor Aronson, the host of the new Alphabet Boys podcast, award-winning investigative journalist, contributing writer for The Intercept. Zebedias Hall, thanks so much for joining us from Denver, an activist targeted by the FBI, featured in the podcast, and Mike German for joining us as well, former FBI agent, now a fellow at the Brennan Center for Justice. That does it for our show. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Thanks. When I first came to Brookhaven Town, there was no good music to be heard around. Then one day I turned down the dial. There I found music to make me smile. I waited for a legal ID. The DJ said WUSB. They start each day with the rising sun. Don't ever finish till after day is done. So if you want good music to hear, there's a station in Stony Brook you ought to hear. So if you like the sounds, do take a look. At WUSB Stony and this is WUSB Stony Brook Broadcasting at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM, as well as over the entire Internet at WUSB.FM. It's 6 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Time for Off the Wall.
Gregory. Good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Wall. Uh, Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Tuesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Yes, I'm here. Ready for the uh, State of the Union in a couple hours? Nine o'clock, I think, is when it begins. Very ready. Yeah? Quite ready. You sure? I okay. think so, yeah. All I right. think I'm sure. All right. Uh, you think Biden's ready? Um, yeah, I think he's he's going to... Uh, you know, tell the truth. He's not gonna gonna lie to people. You know, what is That's, what is the truth, Kyle? What is the truth? I don't know. I think there's <laughs> gonna be some honesty. Uh huh. Well, um, if um, if there's honesty, um, I don't know what you want me to do. You're waving your hands. You want me to raise your level or lower your level? I just wanted you to mute me for a second. Mute you for a second. Okay, I can do that. while you're gonna sneeze or something? You're muted. It's for me to know. See, now we can't hear you because you're muted. This is very unprofessional. Can I unmute you? No, now? And it's I'm my wrong. business. You won't know why. I just had my reason. Yeah, I'm just going to mute myself. How do you like? I don't hate it. I mean, but I think our I'm listeners. Outside of the room. Okay. Well, what what is my cough button? My cough button is waving my hand. You don't have a cough button. This is you know remote what? life. Let me tell you okay? a secret, Kyle. Amy Goodman doesn't have a cough button either. All right, you can tell. Yeah, uh, she's a cough pro. buttons are for amateurs. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you know, I don't we even. We don't cough. That's that's our cough button. We're sort of like we break the wall, uh, the radio wall, whatever okay, that you're is. Not so we, we to talk tell about anybody about if Isabel finds out about that. That's bad news for all of us. Right? Oh, no, 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 not that broken wall. That's well, different. No, no, forget about? it. Forget it. No. You say a broken wall. That's very specific. No. Um, we, you know, we let people know what's going accident. on behind the scenes. Accidents we share. Gosh, I'm, now I'm so confused. Can we uh, like rewind this and start over, please? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that shows? I could adjust this. Finn, oh. is this pre-recorded? You know, I still, Are we live? To, I still have to adjust this. Finn, Finn is going to expect us to leave a radio station that he can work with. Okay. How can we be live? I can't even hear us. I'm a, I'm live. Are you recording? I, I dispute that. Well, let's just agree to disagree. That was okay. a really personal statement. Well, I'm just saying there's different facts, okay? You have your facts, I have my facts. I'm running out and, of steam. all facts are the same. All facts are the same. And that's what a president does. He talks about the same facts, the facts oh, that no one can dispute. Bringing it right back to the State of the Union, yes, because that's what professionals do. We, yes, so and he's a tonight, professional president. He's we are going to see uh, a display of uh, two different versions of reality. Um, but can you really have two different versions of reality? Are all facts equal? Or are some a word that I can't say on the air, but I really want to? Boulder dash, I'll say that. How about, how about that word? Uh, are, are they, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna see the Republican response. You know who's gonna give the Republican response? Um, McCarth, Mc, no, Margie. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be something. You, even the Republicans aren't there yet. Maybe um, by next year they'll they'll have Marjorie Taylor Greene giving. You got me. Just she look. was she was she was supervising the House. She was presiding over the House yesterday. She was oh. sitting with the gavel. Really, Can you believe that? I mean, that happened. Everyone gets to do that at some point. AOC got to do that, uh, but there's no comparison between the two. Let's 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 not. She was in the high chair. Uh, but no, um, it's going to be our our, our friend uh, Sarah. Huckabee Sanders will be giving the retort tonight. Now, remember, uh, she was somebody who um, uh, has, has lied on many occasions about the Trump administration and was was um, uh, basically subpoenaed and had to tell the truth at that point. So don't expect much in, in the way of, of telling the truth tonight. Uh, expect a lot of exaggeration, falsehoods, that sort of thing. Look, we, we just had this uh, this rather weird and almost comical adventure uh, over the past week uh, involving the uh, Chinese spy balloon. Um, yeah, for those of you listening in the future, uh, this is this is what passes for um, uh, intrigue today. Uh, this gigantic white balloon was uh, floating across the United States, um, and apparently it was a Chinese spy balloon. That's what everybody believes. They, they claim it's it's for civilian purposes. I, you know, I don't know many civilians around here that are launching massive balloons up into the air uh, that can go over, you know, to a, a foreign country and whatever. Uh, but that's what they're claiming. And they also say they, they, they want it back. <laughs> but um, throughout a, a good part of last week, while this thing was, was floating over the United States, Republicans <laughs> were, were going nuts. They were saying, Biden, you have to shoot this down immediately. 
And, you know, it wasn't even that Biden was saying, I'm not shooting this down over populated areas. It was the military saying, no, that is a very bad idea. You do not shoot this down where you could hurt or kill numerous Americans on their own soil. That is a very bad look. It's not what we're about. It's not what we want to do. Okay, you know, but Republicans apparently know better than the military as far as military things. And they're insistent on blaming Biden for allowing, you know, in conjunction with the Chinese, allowing the Chinese uh, spy balloon to spy on Americans for, for three or four days while it was floating across the country and refusing to shoot it down over populated areas, which is basically the entire United States. Even, you know, even in Montana, where it was first spotted, it's it's fairly sparsely populated, but with a seven mile um, uh, debris range. You have no idea. You have no idea where things are going to land. It's a very bad thing to do. And what wound up happening was the uh, the balloon uh, floated towards the Atlantic Ocean. And as soon as it got there, they shot it down. And they're in the process of retrieving it now and learning what the Chinese were up to. I don't think I'm not a you know a military fan here, but I don't think any military operation could have gone more smoothly or could have been. Uh, uh, more uh, direct in what the plan was and why it played out the way it did. I just don't think that's that's possible. When Biden found out about this, he said, "I want that shot down as soon as you know it's it's possible." And the military did just that. It's not possible to shoot it down over the United States and and hurt or kill the people you're trying to protect. That is not acceptable. We're not going to do that. And you know, I, I'll be accused of being you know, a, a military apologist, but I applaud the military for not killing us. Thank you for that. And as soon as it went over the Atlantic Ocean, it's still within our waters. They shot it down and now they're retrieving it. What more could you ask for? Well, the Republicans are insisting that uh, Biden is guilty of something because they need him to be guilty of something. And it's just, it's insane watching them rewrite history and saying that he, you know, refused to shoot it down when he was the one who said, I want it shot down as soon as possible. And it gets even better because it turns out that under Trump, there were at least a couple of these balloons that went over the United States. Now, Trump is, is insisting that didn't happen. And his um, his fans are saying, well, if he says that, then it's true. <laughs> the difference here is, is, is unbelievable. So because Trump says it didn't happen, even though there is evidence to to, to show that it did happen, well, then it only means that the military-industrial complex kept that information from Trump. And Biden is still guilty of that, too, somehow. <laughs> yeah, but here, here's, here's something else. Apparently, there was, um, there was uh, an, an improvement that um, Joe Biden ordered to uh, strengthen defenses against Chinese espionage. And that is what helped identify last week's spy balloon. Apparently, you know, if, if, if the Trump administration wasn't aware of spy balloons in the past, it's because they didn't have that strength in defense that Biden implemented. Do you think he's going to get any credit for that? Of course not. No. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said after Biden took office, the U.S. enhanced our surveillance of our territorial airspace. We enhanced our capacity to be able to detect things that the Trump administration was unable to detect. Mic drop. Yeah, uh, so that's just one example. That's the most recent example, but boy, they are shoveling with both hands as far as trying to trying to get him to be guilty of something. They really need that. And what um, what winds up happening instead? Um, basically, the accomplishments get overshadowed by all this nonsense. The day the uh, the balloon became news, it was weird because the balloon was in the news the day before. But it wasn't really being talked about that much. Then the jobs figures came out. Half a million jobs added. Okay. And, you know, that, that, that is a number that is way above what people were, were expecting or predicting. It was phenomenal. Oh, my God. What's going on here? We added so many jobs that the economy is doing great. And that's when the balloon story was basically brought to the front because we needed something negative. We needed something that was a crisis that we could cover throughout the entire day. And nobody's talking about the jobs. Nobody's talking about the accomplishments, just what they perceive as failings, which later turned out not to be failings at all. But we're still not talking about the jobs. Well, Biden will tonight, I'm sure. 
And the Republicans won't acknowledge that. They won't acknowledge that there's any progress whatsoever. But i got to tell you, the gas prices are down to where they were. The economy is as good as it ever was. The, uh, the joblessness rate is low. Sure, there's a lot to complain about. There's a lot that's wrong. There's a lot that needs um, improvement. That's what I meant by truthfulness in mm-hmm. what he says. It's like real. You know, it's not something um, uh, sugar-coated. And that'll hopefully be in stark contrast to this sort of scornful tone I expect from old Sarah. Yeah, you know, I, I expect people to disagree. I expect people on different political sides to uh, um, uh, say, okay, you know, we can do it better. I don't expect them to lie and to pretend things didn't happen that did or make things up that didn't happen. That's where we are now. We've gotten to that stage. And I don't think it's a, you know, all sides are guilty thing here because I don't see that happening on the other side. Here's a good example. Um, Is it North Carolina? I might have this wrong, but I think it was North Carolina where their Supreme Court ruled uh, last year that um, uh, the legislature was was uh, going against the Constitution by gerrymandering. And it was it was it was blatantly racist. And uh, they they ruled against it, you know, against what the uh, what the Republicans wanted. Well, now the Supreme Court is majority Republican. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to rehear that case. Now, if anything proves that Supreme Courts or, or courts in general are political now, or much more political than they've ever been, it's this. You know, something that was ruled upon last year, they're going to rehear that because now they've got the votes to support the Republicans. Whereas here in New York, where it's, it's majority Democrat, we struck down in this state gerrymandering that would have benefited Democrats. Democrats struck down Democratic gerrymandering. And as a result, we lost the House. As a result, Long Island went red. Had that not happened, Long Island would not have gone red. Yeah, so it's not, it's not an equal thing. It's not something that happens on both sides. One side is at least trying to play fair to their own detriment sometimes, and, you know, I have very mixed feelings about this, I believe, you know, when you're fighting someone, you need to fight them on their terms. And and uh, the high and mighty road sometimes leads to a dead end. Yeah, how's that? So here's an example. We have to at least recognize it when it happens. You know, Republicans are playing dirty, making up things, and um, and, and basically never giving credit when credit is due for opponents. Not happening. And I don't see the same thing on the Democratic side. And I don't know, you know, I'm torn on this. There, there, there's some part of me that says, I want to fight dirty as well. But there's another side that says, yeah, at least, you know, we've got the truth on our side. But sometimes the truth isn't enough. And it gets really, really frustrating when when people keep voting idiots in like Abbott and, and DeSantis and Cruz and Marcos. It's, 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 um, um, it's just insane. What happens sometimes, but you have to you have to have faith in the system, I guess. I don't know. Tonight should be interesting, though. Yeah, it's it's just remember it's representative of this country. It's not always representative of absolutely everything you want. And I'm sorry, I said Marcos. I meant Santos. Santos. And, and I, I was thinking of Marco Rubio when I said that. So I sort of mixed. Oh God, that's horrible. I mixed Marco uh, Rubio and 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 George Santos. And, and, you know, I thought you were Marcos. talking about the Marcos uh, family. Ferdinand Marcos. Ferdinand, yeah. And Sp- uh, yeah, but he's not part of the American political system per se. But, yeah, I condemn him as well. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it was worth saying. I'm, I'm just I'm glad we cleared that up. Well, can we talk about something a little bit more yeah, positive? Yeah. You voted again this week. Oh, yeah. You you're, constantly, you're voting more than the people in Switzerland vote. Every Every couple of weeks you get a ballot in the mail. No, that's not true. From Washington State. That's not true. Why do you have to say that? Can we have your opinion on this matter? Please vote one way or another. And all these votes that get decided by one person, you're you're making policy. So congrats on that. But what's the latest one? This one's very dear to me and basic to everyone. And it has a lot to do with homelessness and affordable housing. 
Um, I didn't really check. I didn't know there was uh, a vote on, and um, this initiative is um, uh, I-35 or 135. Yeah, initiative 135. And um, it's a step towards housing um, to create and basically establish this public development um, agency or public developer to build, acquire, own, and manage housing, which is huge because everywhere, like, um, homelessness and, and affordability has become an issue. Now there's tons and tons of layoffs. You've got all these um, – uh, uh, tech workers that, that, uh, are looking for affordability as well. And it's, it's a crisis around the country, well, everywhere you go. But just and to give some background to, uh, Washington, Seattle in particular, all these tech companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, they've, they've pretty much taken over the landscape and the real estate. Yeah, they pushed a lot of people out because the, the, uh, earning potential through a lot of those anchor companies just made it so that it was impossible for people who were not necessarily in tech, you know, those um, jobs with all the perks and, and uh, you know, benefits and so forth. Yeah, everybody else had to kind of move out, out and away as it developed and grew upward, so to speak. And, and the mobility of people around, I think, suffered, and a lot of these other... Um, things over the years as far as uh, resources and um, crises and, and uh, overall um, livability uh, have compounded. And over the years, it's, it's, it's just really, really hard to find a place. And also, there's unique things about Washington. It's, I don't know how much time, but there's, you know, this inability to have rank control. It's like not a lot. It's, it's actually illegal. Um, That's interesting. In Washington. We have rent control in New York City. Yeah, well, cities often do. And this came up during the pandemic um, in uh, the metropolitan area in the the city of Seattle. But anyway, it's it's only uh, part of it in in this grand scheme of just growth and development in general. Mm -hmm. You need to keep creating places for people to... Um, live and not just at the top, you know, in big condos and, um, not all like, um, subsidized and low income. So this, this fills in. This, this actually has, um, potential. It's not everything. That's the way it's being discussed in the right. papers. It's, it's very interesting. Do you, are you familiar with street news? Of the, the, the newspaper? That's the name of the one in New York. Okay. Okay. The, um, the uh group that's behind, the sorry the group that's behind this uh-huh. um is is called house our neighbors h o n and it is the a activist uh, uh i guess political activity um arm of something called real change which is the equivalent street news was a street newspaper in new york city then and sort of the pioneer of uh this model and um, the equivalent in Washington is real change. And you'd see um, homeless uh, people experiencing homelessness at, on the streets selling them as vendors, and they would get um, some portion of that, presumably. I guess it's all changed now because people have QR codes and so forth, and we've formalized, uh, you know, homelessness in so so many ways. But it was a great model, like much like community radio, where people could – get a message out in a small publication and it created jobs on the distribution end and you'd be, you know, directly interacting with members of the community that needed help and, and found purpose in this. So they're now um, bringing this kind of initiative to the voters and it basically establishes a framework. It's not funded yet. It's that's by design. So what, what, what kind of an effect would this have if it were passed? It, it would um, allow this, uh, development uh, entity to be established, and then they uh, have a couple ways of generating funding to begin some of their build-outs, and there's an emphasis on green building and or taking over and repurposing hotels, which which was common in the pandemic. A lot of housing was done yeah, you know, through well, ho- old hotels. Old hotels, old office buildings, you know, things like that, things that aren't being used. 
and 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 ghost apartments. You know, they exist everywhere where realtors don't rent out almost entire buildings sometimes because they want to jack up the the uh, the price of rent. That's the real sinister in market. New York City. That's happening everywhere in New York City. Absolutely, market uh, influence, or I guess the, uh, the that's the behaviors of the free market that actually uh, can make it make a city really um, uh, unlivable mm-hmm. for for many people, and actually causes more blight more, um, you know, less activity, less commerce, and um, development overall. So, and and just for people in general, like, who are not, who don't go real estate shopping and are, like, you know, young um, or uh, new to home ownership or never in the world, uh, in their their, um, wildest dreams thought they could uh, afford a place to live uh, long term and, and... after you know you've lived in a couple of places in the city um you know and the conditions and the upkeep in in older buildings and with um places that don't have any kind of real oversight in in a in a land where there's a huge demand and not a lot of options and and uh, you you end up with like sub um substandard stuff going for exorbitant rates um and no really no real recourse if your um if your landlord is like evicting or doing um other sort of have other sort of predatory behaviors so this gives more options to fill in from like the high end of the market um down to the the real low end and everything in between and just uh, adds options it's not enough for washington cuz there there's just been a need for so long um, for a place to live for for many many people um, throughout the Puget Sound and um, greater parts of the state and and it's it's cool because there's a lot of things that are connecting like the uh, light rail systems are they're having a meeting about expanding that um, so as we like look at transit and infrastructure in general becoming um, these vital arteries to different parts of the country or in your region, um, you gotta have a place for people to be and, um, and they'll then, um, populate those systems. And, um, I don't know, I'm hopeful and I really, I just hope a lot of people vote yes for this because it's not the only thing, like there could be so many other models for this, but I just, as someone who's lived and tried to find housing and been seeing a lot of people, emerge people living on the streets it's it's a huge huge crisis and i mean there's no options not a lot of options for and and there's been a lot of of pain around this subject like tent cities and uh it's just so hard to to find good spots and and uh and just get on and and contribute to society now we were talking about this earlier um and you said there was there was something in there about um not paying more than 30% of your income towards rent. What, 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 what is that about? Yeah, that's part of the design. Um, all of the, the properties that this potential, uh, development, uh, program, um, all of them that, that it would build and manage, um, they would not change. And, um, the, the, um, developers, um, you know, it wouldn't be fully subsidized and it would not change back after like a period of being um, in a certain uh, affordability bracket or something so that it could then be ratcheted up uh, after that period ends. Um, instead, um, it would remain operated and owned by this development, this public entity and um, rents forever capped at thirty uh, percent of whomever is living there, at, so somebody, at any level. So if, if you're if a tech bro, makes more, or, they pay more. That's right. What a what a unique concept. What a what a good concept. So that's like part of the really positive uh-huh. uh, aspects of this model and other models like this. We we were talking about the other week, I think, with uh, a build out of a ra- uh, rail network that was being done financed through a pension uh, scheme 
that was in Canada, I believe it was in Ontario. They're they're doing some some cool build out, build outs there. Mm-hmm. And I think this this is just one step. It's been um something progressive and other uh activists and you know, young people, people who've just trying to live, you know, and and get a a place to a spot to be. And I think just having better places for people to be makes a city better. Absolutely. It, 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 having people a home makes makes things so much. Yeah, better. If people can't find ways, you know, if they're f- just like in the shadows and it's it's so bad. It's mm-hmm. so bad for people's lives and especially with addiction and um Yeah, try a, it sometime. You'll see. You'll see myriad, how bad it is. A myriad of other social um crises going on. It, it this is something that is is um there needs to be a model for it. It needs to be copied and just, and, have, you know, and run in parallel. There are so many exercises that people can participate in to see just how uh, this this uh, affects your life when you don't have, uh, you know, a place you can call home. Just you know, try try um, going a day and and using bathrooms without buying something. Try that. See how easy that is in your neighborhood. See how people look at you. It's um. You know, it's it, it. Your life changes, and it's a downward spiral as a result. So this this seems like a really positive uh, step towards addressing that and beginning the process. It's not a it's not a solution in and of itself, but it's a start, and um, it's part of uh, this this latest referendum from Washington. And I believe the deadline is is next week to vote. Yes, the fourteenth. Fourteenth. Okay. So Valentine's Day. If you're a resident of Washington, make sure you vote by then. And if you're voting in um in your locale. Make sure you, you know, if you have an election, something going on, participate, mm-hmm. stay involved, stay, keep your ear to the ground. And it could be something that would really benefit you. And I mean, I, I love things like this that, that um, could have a real impact. In Washington, it's 100% uh, mail-in, so uh, it works. The system really works. Oh, yeah. I could not be happier. Like, you you um, should take advantage of these, um, these uh, civic... Um, mechanisms that mm-hmm. you you know are a part of your your participation. Now you know, I I, I sense that um, uh, you know when when people hear about this kind of a thing, uh, when this is discussed on a, on a national basis, uh, it'll be mocked. It'll be it'll be seen as one of these quote unquote woke things to make things fair for everybody. I am so sick of the word woke being used in a negative way. You know, have you seen this everywhere? Even even amongst people on the left, being called woke is not a compliment. And you know, if you compare it to the um, uh, alternative, what's the alternative? Unwoke, right? I think that's a word. They actually, people on the right embrace that. They're proud of it. Yeah, I'm I'm unwoke. <laughs> I'm I'm asleep. I'm dead to the world. Well, They're okay with that. And 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 we have a problem being called woke. I think we should embrace it. Now look. There is something to be said. Go ahead. They don't have a problem because I don't think they've defined what that is. So they'll embrace. They're there for that because it's not this. And the thing is, this woke being woke in some way or form or awoke <laughs> to to what is possible in the world. Yeah, like that has been defined, and it's frightening, you know, for people that can't handle that, you know, and it's and so it's about this, you know, being against something that yeah. could that could challenge notions, your notions of reality. It's easy to say no to things. It's easy to just, uh, you know, keep to the status quo. But if you if you examine certain um, um, initiatives and changes, ask yourself why these things are being brought forward. Ask yourself if. If uh, other people are living the same quality of life as you, ask yourself how you would feel in their position, and then you might have some sense as to what all this wokeness is about. Now, again, there's something to be said for people who take it too far. I call them blind wokeness, you know, people who just embrace things that really are easy to mock. I'm not going to come up with examples. There's a lot of them out there. But the concept, the overall concept in and of itself is something that needs to be embraced. And, and, and um, when you, you tear down the word that defines it, that in itself is a very bad thing. That's an advantage to the people who are against any kind of progressive movement at all. 
you know, they refer to um, anything. They refer to people like Joe Biden as socialist or communist. I mean, people like Joe Biden. Obviously, they've never met a true socialist or a true communist. And they, they would, you know, know something about how how far to the right of that he is and, and, and most Democrats are, for that matter. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is that people are aware of... Um, of uh, you know what is silly about their particular side of things. You know people who take it too far. I want to play an example. This is from 50 years ago, from uh, 1973, uh, when the National Lampoon put out a record called Lemmings. All right, it was a takeoff on Woodstock, and basically the um, uh, the premise was that all these lemmings showed up into a massive farm field and killed themselves because apparently that's what lemmings do. They don't go to farm fields, but they they kill themselves. For some reason, I'm not going to get into that right now, but this is kind of um, uh, an example of how um, uh, basically the the, um, the blind wokeness, as, as I'm calling it, um, can sometimes take hold in certain crowds. Let's, let's listen. I don't want to bring anybody down or ruin the so-called groovy vibes, but I have an important message here. I got a weather communique from the Weather Bureau. You know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. <laughs> all right. The time has come for all of us to objectively analyze the situation and take the correct remedy. We are all of us black and white, brothers and sisters, pigs. We open the third world off ourselves. If you are not a black, homosexual, working class woman, you're an oppressor, pig. You deserve to die! You're not worthy of the cow that died to make your stinking belt, you running dog jackal! Alright! Now, objective analysis should show you that it won't be easy to off yourself because the bourgeoisie control the ownership of nylon rope and steel razor blades and all the means of self-extermination. The Weather Bureau recommends that you beat yourself to death in a four-foot-deep hole full of organic compost. Or if you want to do something really meaningful, we got TNT suppositories for everybody. Power to the correct people! Yeah, that, that kind of says it right there. Power to the correct people. Look, we can laugh at ourselves. We've been doing it from the beginning. Fifty years ago, that record came out. It's, you know, woke people can get the silly woke people and make fun of them as much as anyone else. But we should not tear down everything that is labeled as woke as bad, which is what the right wing wants to do. And they're succeeding. They, they are able to manipulate language in ways that, frankly, is Stalinist. You know, they're able to just redefine in Orwellian terms something that you embrace and turn it into something that's bad. Their, their obsession with the trans community is, is so disturbing. And, and, uh, that is something that needs to be focused on and, 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 and mocked, attacked at every possible stage. So I just, I, I, I hate to see people with good ideas, um, being, um, um, discouraged and being called something which is a compliment. And having it land as an insult just because people on the right decide it's an insult. Call me woke. Thank you. I am. I'm, I'm proud of being woke. Do I think for myself? Absolutely. Do I, do I, uh, you know, um, condemn people who think differently? Of course not. Most people don't do that. There are some who do, but they do not define all of us. It's simple. And certainly, yeah, they're entitled to opinions and, and so forth, but, um, you know, banning books and stuff like that, well, that's going on. If that's your prerogative, so be it. But, uh, you know, this is about affordable housing, about – what's what excites me, it's just about creating options, even if it's like a temporary thing, moving people through, giving them places to be um, in the interim – of uh of where whatever stage of their life whatever's going on with their family um and i just think like the better it's so much better to have people housed and what people can do with space you know given how creative people are how um how much 
cool stuff that's going on. You know, if you get a place to be and you're connected, you can run a business from from your home. You know, you can uh, participate much more readily than having to go to a library to to do all of the things that other people uh, have the luxury of doing. Right. So, you know, and being that, against affordable housing is being against, you know, uh, uh, creating a functioning society. Affordable housing is just one of so many issues, though, it's that, tiny, that, that we're talking about. It's a tiny thing, but it's a foundational thing. Right. It's and so helpful. Exactly, yeah. And we, we, we just need to um, uh, be able to define the conversation. You know, an example of this... You, you, you see um, uh, people being mocked relentlessly for, for things like gender identification, part of the, the obsession with the trans community that uh, the right wing has. And that becomes the discussion. That becomes the, 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 the fiction that, that men are, are playing on women's uh, volleyball teams or whatever. Maybe George Santos is. I don't know. <laughs> but, but that is not an issue. The right wing has made it an issue. The real issue Entire states are banning textbooks. Entire states are literally rewriting history. You know, entire states are are, are keeping women from from making decisions about their own health care. Those are the issues. Anything that you can point to in the in the quote unquote woke community pales in comparison. Yet it always seems to be the go to for for people even who aren't on the right. You know, people on the left sometimes focus on, um, you know, predominantly on these extreme examples that make people look very silly and that are in the minority rather than what is happening in governments in entire states that the right wing is, is, is pushing. That is what bothers me. I don't know how this continues to happen. Uh, I, I guess people are just more comfortable making fun of something they don't understand than something that is all too familiar, like racism, sexism, all that sort of thing. All right. With that cheery note, let's, let's move on. Um, you know, all those um, uh, marijuana shops in, uh, in, in New York, first of all, there's, a, there's still only one dispensary in, um, in, in Manhattan, I believe. I, I think there might be one in Harlem. I'm not getting any stories about it. I know a second one is opening a week from today uh, near Union Square. So there'll be two in that area. They, they should be everywhere. New York is really uh, moving at a snail's pace here. But uh, Manhattan's top prosecutor is threatening to evict businesses that illegally sell marijuana um, unless landlords commence the eviction proceedings themselves. <laughs> now, just to point out, it's, it's legal to have marijuana. Uh, but it's not legal to sell it without a license. It's kind of like alcohol in that sense. You know, you wouldn't have a liquor store without a liquor license. Um, I understand why it's happening, because we're going so slowly getting getting the uh, dispensaries to be open. Uh, but once that happens, I think things will be in much better shape, especially out here on the island. Think about it this way. Like, if were those to be um, filling the retail void as far as distribution, you would have um, uh, much more um, prevalence of people uh, possessing it for private use and able to transfer and share it with their friends and so forth. But if everyone is just kind of um, the demand is unfilled, they're unable to find any kind of retail outlet, um, they're left with very few options and... uh, you know, can't share as much. There's still, and, it, and the demand is uh, still is really high. But if you mm-hmm. you have a bunch of places people can go, people will take care of one another after they've had a chance to to um, to participate and get some. So uh, yeah, I think there's got to be more options for for the populace so that um, you know they can capitalize on some of the excitement of uh, un- unrolling all of this. Uh, uh, new establishment and new new schemes. And this spring, I guess, people can start growing, too. So, I mean, there's got to be some more enthusiasm. Actually, you know, I'm not sure if that's quote-unquote legal yet. Is that not true? See, uh, there's not enough... a certain amount of time be- uh, from the first dispensary opening before that becomes... Uh, nobody cares, but... But is anyone keeping track? Or, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like they're, they're daunted by these openings and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the other, like, 
the other things should be celebrated and, you know, as exciting, you know, as far as milestones go. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious what people are doing or what, what they're planning because this has been a very, like you said, uh, snails, snails pace, very, uh, slow, um, drawn out, I'd say. Yeah. Cause I want to visit these places. We love to talk to people on the, uh, radio about their experiences. Um, and, Show some of these towns how it's done, you know, that weren't so interested and so 18 forth. 18 months after the first dispensary opens, that's when you can start. Okay, so, so the clock has started. So, well, uh, it, yeah, that, that means uh, since the first dispensary opened December 27th, uh, 2022, uh, that's ingrained in my head, uh, that means that it, it's not until June of 2024 that you can legally 20, start growing marijuana. Got it. Okay, so 2024, that, su- that summer, you better have it in the ground. Be ready. You can get your supplies ready now. How does that work? Because that's that's the summer at that point. Can you plant it before then? Well, people will have questions. You know, I saw some some places advertising that they sell uh, supplies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names, but you know, this is going to be a reality, and maybe you get get started on your other you know herb garden. Anyway, uh, today's announcement was by the uh, top prosecutor of Manhattan, whose name is Alvin Bragg. Um, and basically, um, uh, he says we want to give New York's legal cannabis market a fair chance to thrive and give New Yorkers the security of knowing that a safe, orderly system is in place for cannabis dispensaries. Uh, for these reasons, in order to sell uh, most cannabis products, you must be a licensed retailer and abide by the rules and regulations set forth by the state of New York. Failure to do so jeopardizes the health and well-being of New York City residents and undermines businesses that have legitimately obtained licenses through the state's regulatory process. And uh, that, um, that program that uh, legalizes marijuana sales by the state gives preference to operating licenses to those with criminal convictions for marijuana or their families. Uh, so um, uh, Brad goes on to say, advocates fought hard to put racial equity at the center of New York's cannabis le- uh, legalization regime. Those who flout the cannabis tax laws and regulations are robbing the very communities that suffered from marijuana criminalization for decades. So keep that in mind if you uh, if you're um, um, patronizing one of these businesses that is not licensed. Also, you have no guarantee of what you're getting. I've heard many cases of people buying gummies at the local bodega, claiming that uh, they're cannabis infused, and they're just <laughs> just basically you know cough drops or, or or something with absolutely nothing, and you can't do anything about it. So it there's a lot to be desired. I think that maybe this might have even been part of the plan to just slowly introduce and reduce the other sort of uh, gray market establishments, the ones that aren't just straight like CBD and legal hemp products. Mm-hmm. But they can discern that. I mean, they've they're ramping that up and I guess uh, giving pe- issuing warnings and so forth. I, I don't know who they're threatening the the landlords or the uh, establishments themselves. Um, uh, either way, they're, they're putting enforcement behind some of that, I guess, to clear the deck for more places. But, uh, I want to see full ounces and, uh, you know, big buds. What's you hear going that? On? Okay, full ounces. Kyle wants full ounces. At, That's at, my, I've just, prices. I've seen, you know, I've seen what they're doing mm-hmm. and it's, it just seems a little light. I think that it could be, you know, we could be doing a little bit more weight here. Well, once there's competition, uh, well, we'll see things like that. That's the other thing. It's it's uh, manicuring of the buds. You know, you're getting small at lesser quantities. And then um, the pricing is like $10 more. And that I'm fine paying taxes and stuff. But I'm just sort of curious, as different growers offer more products and, and more retail establishments, um online or whatever else happens um, as far as the ones that get licenses and get up up and running, um, what will they be able to offer? Like, will that bring down half and full ounce and and other product prices? Because right now it's – you're feeling it. I mean, it's steep, you know, but you're supporting – the the new uh, state scheme and that tax revenue is going somewhere. And from what I hear, the quality is much, much better than what you would Oh, it's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Okay, um, here's something interesting. Uh, There is a Simpsons episode uh, from this season. Actually, it was the second episode of the current season called One Angry Lisa. Um, 
and uh, it refers to uh, forced labor in China. And Disney has cut that episode from its streaming service in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's not available on, on Disney Plus streaming service. It's not clear when it was removed. Uh, and, and basically the scene has um, the character Marge Simpson. She's in a virtual bike class during which the instructor shows images of China's Great Wall and says, Behold the wonders of China, Bitcoin mines, forced labor camps where children make smartphones. Um, of course, the Chinese government takes a dim view of that. Uh, they deny allegations of uh, forced labor as well as accusations that Hong Kong's freedoms have eroded under the national security law, which Beijing imposed in 2020. So those videos you see of um, people getting the crap beaten out of them in, in the subways in Hong Kong, you made that up in your head. That didn't happen. Uh, but um, it's also the second Simpsons episode with an unflattering China reference to be cut from the streaming service in Hong Kong. Um, the previous episode, which refers to the 1989 Tiananmen Square crackdown, originally aired in 2005. It's not been available in Hong Kong since Disney Plus launched there in 2021. And uh, Disney Plus is not available at all in the mainland, uh, in mainland China, but it is available in Hong Kong. Um, I, you know, I can't say I'm surprised that uh, this would happen. What I am surprised is that Disney, well, I'm not surprised that Disney would go along with it. But they need to be called out for doing that. I, I think, you know, if... Um, if uh, China is going to demand that you not uh, allow these episodes to uh, be available, you just don't do business with them. You say, okay, that's how it is. You don't get The Simpsons anymore. Your people are going to be angry that you don't get The Simpsons. Maybe that's the spark that will get uh, uh, pro-democratic uh, uh, reforms uh, in, in, in short order. Who knows? But... Um, when, when, when you compromise on your own values, of course, what, who am I kidding, thinking Disney has values? Um, I just, you know, if, if, if I was involved with The Simpsons, I would be having a very serious conversation with Disney right now about what they're doing to that particular franchise. <sighs> Disney has declined to comment publicly uh, when approached by NBC News. A spokesperson for the Hong Kong government said Tuesday that it's Film Censorship Ordinance, which was amended in 2021 to allow officials to bar films deemed contrary to national security interest, did not apply to streaming services, and it did not comment on individual business decisions. Uh, the spokesperson added that the four offenses established by the national security law, subversion, secession, terrorism, and collusion with foreign forces, and the associated penalties were clearly defined. Law-abiding people and organizations will not unwittingly violate the law. They, this sounds so much like Florida right now. It really does. I, you know, and, and, and the, the troubles that Disney is having in Florida as well. Oh, boy, there are so many parallels here. It's, uh, it's sad, but it's revealing, and it's something that we should uh, keep an eye on. Hey, uh, some news for people who drive in New York. I just saw this on, in Newsday. Uh, New York State Department of Motor Vehicles is revamping its inspection stickers to be color-coded annually in an effort to make vehicle information more secure. Okay, you know those little stickers you put on your windshield. I, I could swear... I could swear that's how the system used to work. Am I wrong? They used to be color every year. It was a different color, and that's that's how cops were able to tell right away if your car was overdue for inspection because it was a different color. Well, don't say the color. Well, <laughs> I always say the color of the day to to to, to mess people up, but um, this is the color of the year apparently. The print-on-demand stickers at auto shops and inspection stickers will change color. Based on the inspection year, starting with yellow in 2023, so I already said the color, uh, the stickers will have vehicle-specific information, including mileage, uh, vehicle identification numbers, and license plate numbers. Wait, that safeguards your information somehow? Well, you know, that, that's something that's, that they didn't have when I was a kid. They didn't, like have, they didn't have the VIN printed there for anyone to see. Um, the uh, color changes are also intended to make it easier for law enforcement officials to spot vehicles with expired inspections. We did this already. We did this already. Just like, you know, people who say, hey, let's have daylight savings time all year long. We did that already. We did that back in the 70s. I remember waiting at a bus stop. It was in the middle of the night because it was 6 in the morning and it was dark for the next couple of hours. Bad idea. People were getting hit by, by cars. And they, they said, no, let's not do this. And now people say, hey, why don't we do that? History, people. You just got to look at the history. 
Yeah, nowhere in this story does it mention that we've done this already. Okay, whatever. Uh, we are out of time for the most part. You can write to us, otw at 2600.com, with your comments on Off the Wall. You know, there was an um, interesting story that uh, hit Twitter just in the last few hours um, that basically is, is um, uh, adding fuel to the fire between uh, uh, former Pink Floyd uh, members David Gilmore and Roger Waters. Uh, his uh, David Gilmore's wife, Polly Sampson, <laughs> uh, yesterday uh, stepped up a long-running feud with uh, David Gilmore's former band, bandmate, Roger Waters, with a skating attack on Twitter. She said, you are anti-Semitic to your rotten core, also a Putin apologist and a lying, thieving, hypocritical, tax-avoiding, lip-syncing, misogynistic, sick-with-envy, megalomaniac. Enough of your nonsense. And then Gilmore shared her tweet, adding every word demonstrably true. So it's on. <laughs> It's on between them again. Um, I, I got to say, uh, you know, Roger Waters is a lot of things, but I don't think he's anti-Semitic. He, uh, he, he uh, condemns policy by Israel, as many, many people do. Uh, there are horrible things that go on over there, horrible uh, violations of human rights, horrible uh, um, disrespect for, for international law. We could fill hours talking about that, and criticizing Israel does not make you anti-Semitic. Just ask the many people over there who criticize their own government uh, and, and to, and to use that uh, to accuse people of anti-Semitism is a very low thing to do. Um, I disagree with him completely on uh, his stance on Ukraine as I disagree with people on all sorts of different things, but this, uh, this condemnation, it just seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't know, but I figure we should at least go out with a song that makes you think a little bit. Bye, Roger Waters. We'll see you next week. So long. And stay tuned for Finn. And the State of the Union later. Good night. Campaign.